Welcome to the weekend. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Memphis Flyer Radio. My name is Toby Sells. I'm a reporter with the Memphis Flyer, and I am the host of this here radio show that is recorded, mixed, mastered, smothered, covered, and jellied for you this week at Flyer HQ right here on beautiful Cotton Road downtown, offering views of the normalcy left behind by the storm that decided to mostly leave us alone this week. We are beamed into the sky and into your radio from the center of the universe crosstown concourse and it's WYXR radio station at 91.7 FM. Thank you to all the good folks over there making great community radio happen. Now if you haven't already consider a donation to the station at wyxr.org. This show comes to you, of course, from the people and the pages of the Memphis Flyer. We are your alternative news weekly based right here in good old Memphis, Tennessee, USA. And if you like what we do, please consider joining our frequent Flyer Club where you can support local and alternative journalism right here in your town. More details on that are over at memphisflyer.com. Now that storm did decide to uh, leave us alone this week, and it looked bad. It looked real bad. I mean, closed schools early bad. So I got out my voice recorder to kind of journal the experience. I am a journalist, after all. So later in the show, you can ride along with me. Well, ride along with me on my front porch as the storm kind of rolled in and rolled out. This week on the show, Chris McCoy, our film and TV editor, talks about the Oxford Film Festival and that new Sandra Bullock movie, The Lost City. He tells us it's kind of cliche, but he says that's okay. We'll have some news in the Memornet, of course, and we'll have some choice cuts from our calendar, the finest events calendar in all of Memphiana, to help you get your weekend together. Okay, that's it, folks. Here we go. All right, going to start the show this week just like we do each and every week with a look down the streets of the Memornet. Now, you know that is Memphis on the internet. Now, this is a little bit dated now, but it's still pretty great. Uh, Marsha Blackburn had the Memornet lit up. She actually had the internet lit up across the state thanks to her performance during the U.S. Supreme Court confirmation hearing of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. During the hearing, Blackburn asked Brown Jackson to define woman, hinted that her personal hidden agenda was was to incorporate critical race theory into the legal system, and said white privilege was made up. Marsha, Marsha. Also, ESPN came to town last week. NBA Countdown host Stephen A. Smith hoped John Morant's face would start to replace Elvis's on Memphis billboards. In a YouTube video, he said, Elvis is dead. He's not coming back, people. Ah, Memphis Mayo. A Memornet classic resurfaced last week as many pointed out that Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland's Wikipedia page still has that fake mayonnaise content, and it's been there for years. The personal life section says Strickland is an avid mayonnaise enthusiast with an extensive collection of 69 varieties of the condiment. 
It says, while some have criticized Strickland's mayonnaise spending, many in the city adoringly refer to the mayor as Mayo Strickland. I don't know. Maybe we need to get over there on Wikipedia and give that a change. Maybe not. Have a look at some news here from the cannabis section. That's where we cover cannabis. State lawmakers are reviewing a bill that threatens a number of hemp-derived THC product sales in Tennessee. Doing so would slightly increase felony incarcerations and would cost the state millions of dollars. The bill seems to tackle the thorny issue of federally legal hemp-derived THC products like Delta-8, HHC, and THCO in Tennessee. It would ban the sale or possession of such products that have a THC concentration of more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis, and that is already the federal legal limit for such products. According to a government review of the bill, if retailers stopped selling these products, state and local taxes would decrease by more than $4.8 million in the next fiscal year and about $1.9 million in the following years. For this and more, the Tennessee Growers Coalition, a political action committee that supports hemp-friendly politicians, told its supporters to organize to oppose the bill. They said this is to all but make Delta-8 and other hemp-derived THCs illegal recriminalizing what is now legal under state and federal law. House and Senate committees met on this issue this week, and you can read more about that over at memphisflyer.com. Another bit of environment news here. For cleaning up the polluted Tennessee River watershed, the future is now. With a new network of cutting-edge devices to remove litter, debris, oils, and more. Last week, the Tennessee Department of Transportation, a group called Keep the Tennessee River Beautiful, and others launched a network of electric C-bin skimmer devices to clean the water. The project will launch 18 of the skimmers, making it the largest network of such devices in the world. In 2017, researchers called the Tennessee River one of the most plastic-polluted rivers ever recorded in the world. A study showed the Tennessee River contained 16,000 cubic feet of microplastics per cubic per cubic meter. A study showed the Tennessee River contains 16,000 cubic feet of microplastics per cubic meter of water. That is nearly twice as much as China's polluted Yangtze River and 8,000% higher than levels found in the Rhine River. Microplastics include plastic bottles. Microplastics include plastic bottles, shopping bags, styrofoam, straws, and more. Some of these items remain intact. Others disintegrate into smaller particles that remain in the water, threatening fish and drinking water. Keep the Tennessee River Beautiful Executive Director Kathleen Gibby said, Until now, all of our work has only been able to prevent microplastics in our waterways. So we are thrilled to be making an effort to actually mitigate microplastics out of the water. All right, let's get into a little experimental radio right now. That huge storm came and had us scared to death Wednesday. It closed schools and people left work early to get home. We had no idea what was going to happen. But we knew that the storm had already injured people in Arkansas and caused a lot of property damage over there. So we were battening down the hatches and weather professionals at local TV stations were live keeping us up to date on the latest wind gusts and lightning strikes and rain totals. So we just all went home and kind of watched the sky, hoping that nothing would happen. 
It turns out that nothing much did happen here, but I thought I'd ride out the storm and take y'all along with me. I began recording about an hour before the storm was supposed to hit and rode the thing out. So let's have a look back at the storm that wasn't. Thankfully, wasn't. And here we are in Cooper Young on my front porch. It's uh, about a quarter to three on Wednesday afternoon. I was just checking Twitter inside. Little Rock weather officials say it blew through there. No damaging winds or anything like that. Just a lot of rain and wind. But it is kind of spooky out here right now. Let's have a listen. inching closer to Memphis on the weather radar and the wind has definitely picked up. The rain is now picking up quite a bit. And the wind gusts just bend these huge tree limbs like they're nothing. I know some of the folks I've talked to today, their main concerns were about power. Of course, we just had that huge ice storm that knocked out power to so many people. MLGW and uh, the city did a great job of picking up the limbs, but there's still a lot of loose limbs hanging right over my house as well. And I'm sure all over town they threatened to cut power once again. School was canceled today and my children came home early. I wasn't planning on that. I was working from home today. And I hadn't gotten around taking a shower by the time they got here. So in an extreme measure of weather emergency preparation, I made sure I took a shower because if I get stuck in a closet with one of them, they don't want to be in there with a stinky guy. So about 30 minutes later, things have really died down. The wind is not so strong. There's barely any rain. There's a little bit of thunder. The sky is just a sheet of gray, kind of a wet, dirty cotton look. Uh, a few dribs here and there, but the radar still says and that uh, the worst of it is about to hit in an hour. So this is a, kind of an odd calm maybe before the storm. I have been watching local Twitter and people are saying the same things that, you know, when we get all riled up about these big weather events, that usually means nothing's going to happen, especially if we let school out. If we let school out, then that snowstorm is going to pass us by and those tornadoes aren't going to do anything. I'm hoping both are the case this time, but it's funny to kind of watch Memphis go through the rhythms of these big storm events. The air's gotten cooler. I'm just kind of out here on the front porch uh, listening to the thunder rumble across the sky. Gentle rain has fallen. I love all those sounds of a storm. You know, if you're not worrying about it, it's knocking your house down. Another thing that's comforting during these uh, storms, right before the storms, is my friend Ron Childers over there at WMC in the First Alert Weather Center. And he'll forget more about the weather than I'll probably know about anything. And so when he starts talking all this stuff, it makes me feel great. Have a listen. Yes. Those two systems, the one to the north, the one to the south, tend to zap some of the energy in the atmosphere. We've also had a tremendous amount of rainfall. Thanks for keeping us safe, Ron Childers. So this is all around 4.15 as the storm is rolling in here. Of course, our buddy Ron was saying that the, it was due to hit Memphis in about 23 minutes. National Weather Service on Twitter 11 minutes ago still 
telling us about that severe thunderstorm warning that's coming in that's in effect until 4:45. It says this storm will contain wind gusts of 70 miles per hour. Still letting us know that uh, danger could be ahead. But looking out my window right now, everything seems kind of peaceful. Digging around Twitter, looking at different responses to the storm out there. This storm is hitting on a Wednesday, and if you've been around Memphis long enough, that you know on Wednesdays at 3:30. The Office of Emergency Management sounds all of the tornado sirens for a little while just to test them, make sure that they're all in order. Well, today they tweeted that uh, due to current severe weather conditions, they will not be testing those outdoor warning sirens. How confusing that would, would be. And MemphisWeather.net tweeted back to them on it and said, good move. Hopefully we don't have a live test. And I'm right there with you. And also leave it to MemphisWeather.net to throw a good Memphis line in there on you. It says that the wind speeds were picking up. Storms are moving at I-240 speeds. All right, so my main weatherman, Ron Childers, just showed me the map of that hard red line of really intense storms with those possibly dangerous wind gusts heading right to Memphis, and it did that kind of magical Memphis thing where it gets right up to the Shelby County line, right up to the river, and it kind of dissipated into a sort of cloud of orange. There were some tornado warnings north and some severe weather warnings down south. I think the one up north had just been canceled. And what we've got right now, we're in the midst of what was supposed to be that really hard, terrible weather. And over here in Cooper Young, anyway, the rain is coming down a little bit. But you would have known that this was going to be uh, predicted to be a major weather event. I can already hear so many people on Twitter tomorrow, later this afternoon, quarterback in this thing armchair quarterback in this thing saying well why did they close all the schools create all this chaos and it turned out to be nothing the fact of the matter is they didn't know it looked really bad and luckily seems like we dodged a bullet here but again people are going to chalk it up to that crazy memphis weather i bet some people are also going to start mentioning the river effect the bluff effect i've heard about that for a long time Maybe it's time I check in with my friends at the National Weather Service, see if any of this stuff is real. But for now, folks, I think we can all breathe a little easier, at least in uh, Midtown, and go about, our, go about our day here, even if it is a little soggy. Well, thanks to everybody out there for going on this kind of weather journey with me here. I do tend to nerd out when a storm is coming. So I wanted to take you all on a little radio adventure with me, kind of uh, get inside this storm and track it as it was coming through Arkansas and into Memphis and see how bad it was. I'm glad it was not bad. So I want to do this again. Maybe you all can join me again soon for another little audio adventure. All right, well, it seems I put my recorder away a little too soon. Just a few minutes after I signed off earlier, the rain just started falling in sheets. The tornado sirens are going off. Don't know, I guess that means one has been spotted in Shelby County. I really need to read up on exactly what that is. Everything is so dark. I can see my neighbor's kind of patio lights from here and they kind of glow orange through this haze, thick curtain of rain. It's kind of a spooky feeling outside. A huge river of storm water just rolls down my street and there are just puddles of water everywhere. This seems to be the hardest part of the storm, but it doesn't seem to match up to what all the weather radars that I had seen. But now this, this is a storm, bud. All right, now I think that is officially it. Those tornado sirens are still going. They're kind of in concert. It's this really odd, eerie, ominous sound to it. 
but the rain has certainly receded here and it's kind of a nice little gentle downpour and, uh, and I think that's really actually it this time maybe it'll rain throughout the rest of the night but uh, you know what do they say about March in like a lion out like a lamb but March has been full of surprises with the snowstorm and now this late uh, heart heart pulsing storm that we've had here you can never predict it I guess but anyway that will actually bring us to the end of this audio journey thank you all for riding the storm out with me and we'll see you again here again soon Chris McCoy, you know him. He is our film and TV editor over here at the Memphis Flyer. Now, of course, if you uh, you, know, you care about films, it was a big week. Uh, the Oscars were just in the last few days here. We're not going to talk about The Thing, but I wanted Chris McCoy to come on here and tell us about the, the other stuff he liked about the Oscars this year. Some of the other movies that might have gotten overshadowed in that bit of theater. What do you think, Chris? Well, maybe we'll talk about The Thing a little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when the whole slap went down, Chris Rock was introducing the Best Documentary Award. And that ended up going to Summer of Soul, which by Questlove, the drummer for The Roots, who's also on Jimmy Fallon's show, uh, Late Night Show, he's the band leader. And uh, it was the first movie he'd ever directed. And uh, I saw that at, at Sundance. It opened Sundance last year in uh, 2021. And I've watched it like a couple more times after that. And it is an amazing film. I, I personally believe it should have been in contention for Best Picture. I think it was the Best Picture made last year. And I, I encourage everybody to watch it. It's on, and, you know, forget about all these rich, privileged jerks uh, <laughs> trying to steal the spotlight. Yeah. That's what it is. And concentrate on the reason that we're talking about the Oscars anyways, which is a celebration of these great movies that came out last year. All of that. Will Smith and Chris Rock stuff overshadowed the fact that it was a really good movie, uh, year for movies last year. Okay. There was a lot of great stuff. The Best Picture winner, Coda, was also at Sundance last year, and it, it's gotten a huge acclaim. The The actor who won Best Supporting Actor was who didn't slug anybody was when he's deaf it's like the one of the first deaf people who's i think the second deaf person wow. to win an oscar then you have jane campion who won best director for power of the dog uh, she's only the third woman in history to win best director and this is the first time ever that two women have won best director in a row dune won six awards cool. uh, if you haven't seen dune yet if you're into science fiction you absolutely should see it i you know so the thing that was distressing to me about all the distraction was that it was actually a great year for Phil. Yeah. You know, and that's what we should be talking about and, you know, and celebrating, but whatever. Right. Let, let me, let me ask you this. This is something that I have kind of thought of in, in the aftermath, sure. you know, you, Ricky Gervais had, had a long stint of, of hosting the Oscars. Chris Rock has it, you know, and it becomes, I don't watch the Oscars, but it seems like they, they get these guys, to do a roast of all of these A-list celebrities and things, maybe they deserve it because they're, you know, successful and wealthy and all those things. And it takes kind of the court jester to get up there and, and say these things out loud. They deserve it. Maybe they don't. Why does it have to be that? I, I was actually just talking about this the other day. I think that goes back to Bob Hope, who, who hosted the Oscars for years back in like the 60s, right? He, he, he did that kind of, you know, that sort of borscht belt, not quite insult comedy, but you know, you got to, I think you were exactly right when you used the term court jester. Yeah. There, because, because, you know, Will Smith's worth $250 million. Right. You know, 
<laughs> like it's not a very relatable person. I'm sorry. I'm I'm glad of his success. He's done some good work. He's not a bad actor. The coverage leading up to the Oscars was all about oh the the viewership is down and and you know how are they going to get people you know to come back? And I'm like, I I, I don't care. It's <laughs> really as a as a consumer, and I think this a lot too. I think about this when we talk about box office and stuff. As a consumer, I don't care. Sure. I don't care how much these movies make. You know, and that's that's not my that's not my back. That's right. When, you know, when I'm making the movie, I'll care about how much it's made, how much it, it earns. Right. But as an as an audience member, I, that, none of that matters to me. Right. That is you know, two days after the Oscars, it's like, how is this going to affect Will Smith's bankability? You know, once again, I don't really care. <laughs> right. And you shouldn't either. Right. You shouldn't either. Yeah. You should care about what about what the quality of the films that you're watching. You should care. And and when I say quality of the films, I mean like, is this entertaining to you? Are you having fun? You know, if you like to go see the Marvel movies or whatever, if you're going to show out to see Mor- Morbius this weekend, go for it. John Bypass, the the film writer for the Commercial Appeal, who I consider to be one of the greatest film writers of my lifetime and a big influence on me you know he always says people will come up to him and say should i see this movie and he was like he says i always say yes yes if you feel like you want to go see the movie go see the movie you know we get caught up we get caught up in this like sports writer mentality in film and we i just think and that's that's fun for sports writing you know but they're two different things exactly you know and they should be they should be consumed in different ways. All right, I'll get off my soapbox now. But <laughs> yeah, let's talk really quickly about uh, a movie that probably won't be at the Oscars next year. But probably uh, not. No, it <laughs> <laughs> could be a lot of fun. You wrote about the Lost City this weekend. That's the kind of the new movie, uh, kind of adventure movie with Sandra Bullock and uh, Channing Tatum in there. And uh, a line that I love from it. You said it's kind of cliche, but that's kind of the point. What did you think about the movie? Yeah, I, I I liked it. You know, I, I've said before, all you have to do to get a good review out of me is get the basics right. You know, and this absolutely, this film absolutely does that. Sandra Bullock is great. Uh, she's extremely charismatic, which is what you want from a movie star. I, I want to see more of her. I mean, I've watched this movie and I'm like, why is she not working all the time? I guess because she's got more money than Croesus, so she doesn't <laughs> care. I know I just talked about the whole, you know, sports rider, horse race, box office mentality. But I will inject this. I, I think this film is a good sign for uh, the future of film and the future of theatrical film specifically because it did really well last weekend and it is a original property. It's not a sequel. It's not a superhero movie. It's a romantic adventure movie that's driven by a movie star, driven by, by two movie stars, actually. Well, three. Right. Uh, Channing Tatum, you know, not just Sandra Bullock, but also Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt are in it. And a little guy uh, named Harry, Daniel Radcliffe, he played a little-known character named Harry Potter in a series of films. Harry Potter. Doesn't he, that guy wear glasses, I think? I think yeah. he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Daniel Radcliffe, by the way, amazing in this movie. Oh, I, I kept thinking about him. I was like, this guy knows how to be, you know, how to, like, deliver in a genre movie. You know? Like, he gets to be the bad guy. He's, Daniel Radcliffe is now, like, moving into the suave villain phase of his career, you know? <laughs> And so it was fun, you know, it's it's just a fun little movie. Yeah. You know, it's a fun little movie. I compared it extensively to Romancing the Stones. If you remember that movie from, from the 80s, like you said, it was a cliche for a reason. It works. Uh, it's a fun little movie. And, you know, if you like Sandra Bullock, you should definitely go see it. 
All right, folks, that's the Lost City. It is playing all over the city this weekend. Go back out to the movies. And Chris McCoy, thanks so much for keeping us in the know and letting us know what you think about the incident. Thanks, Toby, for somebody who just who opened our uh, conversation with, I don't want to talk about this. We sure did talk about it a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Thanks, Toby. Hey, man, thanks so much. Take care. <laughs> okay. Let's get our calendar out here, see if we can't find some things to help you get your weekend together. Heading back to our stepping out and staying in section. Uh, of course, uh, the Beyond Van Gogh exhibit. It's a, an immersive experience. This is at Graceland Exhibition Center. It's on display through June 5th. Tickets are $37 and up. Taking over, Women in the Music Industry. This is tonight at 7.30 at Crosstown Arts. This concert features four female performers and a fully female crew. It benefits the Step Ahead Foundation. Tickets are $10 in advance, $15 day of show. Over at Black Spring Farms, they're having their spring kickoff. This is tomorrow. Starts at 10 a.m., goes to 4 p.m. Kick off the last of the freezing weather with the crew at Black Spring Farms as they till up the new sunflower seeds. Enjoy live music, a bonfire, and the opportunity to hang out barefoot in the freshly tilled soil while the kiddos have plenty of space to chase the chickens. This is at Black Spring Farms. Tomorrow, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's absolutely free. Also on Saturday, Overton Park's Center of a Century celebration. This, of course, is at the park tomorrow night, 6 to 9 p.m. Join Overton Park Conservancy for a special event celebrating 50 years since the Supreme Court decision that prevented Interstate 40 from being built through Overton Park. Enjoy food, drink, live music from Ensemble X, live painting by Jamon Bullock, exclusive tasting of Old Dominic Whiskey, and the Overton Park Stories Collection by WYX. Tickets benefit Overton Park Conservancy and can be purchased online. Those tickets are $150. And for some comedy over at the Orpheum Theater on Monday, Hassan Minaj in a show called The King's Jester. Hassan Minaj is back with a brand new one-man show. This is Monday, April 4th at the Orpheum. Uh, Starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $35. Go all the way up to about $95. And if you're looking for some wrestling this weekend, head over to Black Lodge for 901 Wrestling. This is on Saturday, April 2nd, 7 p.m. Uh, wrestling champion Contar, the great Hunter Havoc, Bobby Ford, TIP, Tiptoe Wilson, and more. They're over at the Black Lodge for some 901 Wrestling on Saturday. All right, y'all, pick up a copy of the paper or go to memphisflyer.com and find some more things to help you get your weekend together. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. folks that is going to do it for me that's going to do it for my half of memphis flyer radio the talk half of the show but stick around for the second half over there we got uh, our music editor alex green who's going to spin you some records tell you some tales and he's going to sound great doing it all right thanks y'all have a great weekend alex take it away thank you